Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, July 19th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, we have a busy weekend in this feed starting tonight when James hey. has a special interview with the composer behind both King Kong and Beetlejuice, Eddie Perfect. Uh, James said the interview was uh, a ton of fun, and that makes sense because Eddie Perfect comes from the world of comedy and music mm-hmm. comedy, not necessarily musical comedy, uh, but very much in the vein of uh, Tim Minchin. Tim Minchin, yeah. yeah and um, so this should be a great interview. Then on Saturday morning, Jan Simpson has a new episode of Stagecraft with playwright Winter Miller, whose new play, No One is Forgotten, is playing at the Rattlestick Theater through July 27th. And then on Saturday night, I have a new episode of Tell Me More with the great and the good Brad Oscar, who is currently starring off-Broadway in Broadway Bounty Hunter, which you're going to see next week, I think, Ashley? I'm seeing it on August 2nd. Oh, August 2nd, so two weeks. Okay. I had so much fun talking to him. He was great and insightful, like you would think. Um, really fantastic two-time Tony nominee, of course, and yeah. uh, playing a bad guy really for the first time in his musical theater career in Broadway Bounty Hunter. So it was time to I mean, kind of talk about that. I mean, he kind of played a Nazi in the producer. Yeah, but that's different. <laughs> I mean, he plays the literal villain of the show, not okay. necessarily just a bad dude. So when I say bad guy, I'm talking like the the big bad, yeah, sure. the the, okay. yeah, the antagonist. So um, tons of stuff in the podcast feed over the weekend, and then of course on Sunday we will have. Have this week on Broadway with I believe it's Peter, Michael, and James this weekend, and then of course Ashley, you and I will be back on Monday morning. But yep. with all of that prologue out of the way, mm. we have the biggest story in the history of the interweb. <laughs> because yesterday at 10 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, we got the first trailer for the movie version of Cats. In this trailer, Ashley Jennifer Hudson is heard singing the. Uh, phenomenal signature song from the piece Memory. We have yeah. glimpses of James Corden, Judy Dench, Jason Derulo, Idris Elba, obviously Jay Hud, Ian McKellen, Taylor Swift, Rebel Wilson, Royal Ballet Principal Dancer, Francesca Hayward, and more. Um, Ashley, when this came out, <laughs> the internet, and especially Twitter, yeah. uh, self-exploded, you know, imploded on itself. Yep, the and the snark was flying almost instantaneous it it was almost like people had their negative comments in their drafts and as soon as it came out they decided Mm -hmm. to uh, to hit send now uh as i've said before not a fan of either little c cats because i'm allergic or big c cats (laughs) as i've never seen it but i i had nothing wrong i didn't see anything wrong with this trailer i don't know what people were expecting i think they were expecting to hate it and it wouldn't have mattered what this trailer looked like that was going to confirm that they hated it Mm. people were talking on twitter about the fact that it was frightening it was terrifying i was going to give them nightmares to me it looked the the cats yes they looked weird but they're anthropomorphized cats they were always going to look weird no matter what they did they look weird on stage um these animals creature things they looked no different or more terrifying to me than any of Andy Serkis's uh, motion capture characters, no scarier than Gollum or anything in Avatar or Guardians of the Galaxy or Star Wars. They just looked like human cat mongrel. I don't know. It was fine. Like I didn't understand all the hate. It just felt like people were being snarky for the snake for the sake of being snarky. It felt so much to me, Ashley, like 
the early days of the NBC live musicals when people were just shitting on it, just to shit on it. Same thing with Smash. That's what it felt like to me. And it didn't feel like people really had any original thoughts about this trailer. I think it was, hey, musical theater people hate cats, so we're going to hate this. Um, and then they went for it on Twitter and it exploded. Now, I know you have voiced your concern on Twitter that you hated it. So um, not <laughs> to put you in a corner, but nobody puts Ashley in a corner. But yeah. I just, I just didn't. It's fine that people didn't like it, but they, it just made it out like this was a front to humanity, and I just didn't get it. You know, I, I think as far as hatred goes or talking about that it looks scary, I think I, I think it's more so that it wor looks worse than anyone expected it to. But it, let's be real. It's not cats if it's not tacky and corny as hell. That's the whole point of cats. Yeah, it's what cats. do you expect? It's it's singing cats. Yes. But I mean, the fact that it came out, it, it was, it really felt like a horror film. The fact that it came out the same day that the it chapter two trailer came <laughs> out. Can't believe we're getting all the psychological programming at the same time. It's like one step away from being Paul Schrader's cat people from the eighties. But the <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but I can totally. Understand. Oh, please, please look it up. It's incredible. Okay. No, the discourse about it, I think, was the happiest I've ever been on Twitter in about three years. It's the only thing I can really say about it. I, As you said, there was a lot of snark. I think it lends itself to snark. I think Cats has always lend itself to snark. It's, it's again, it's, it's a tacky musical. It's a musical I hate, and I'm expecting to hate the movie as well, but in an entirely different way that after seeing the trailer, I'm going to go see the movie. I wasn't going to go see the movie before, <laughs> which is saying a lot for me. I mean, the discourse alone, I haven't laughed so hard in that long, especially at all the Starlight Express jokes. I think the only way the trailer could have gotten crazier is if Weber decided to bring back his old Dr. Spin pseudonym and make it all the <laughs> scoring... Yeah. Yes, <laughs> make all the scoring Eurodance. It's it's just the best mess I've seen in a very long time. I I'm going to enjoy it in the way that I know people uh you know enjoyed Smash that kind of yeah. hate watching. Well, a, a few notes that that I wanted to make here. I think that the the one thing that did lend the trailer a little bit more to the horror side is the fact that, A, it's a little dark, and I'm not talking about the fact that the whole musical is about cats dying, but actually no. just visually, it was, it's a dark trailer. Yeah. Um, and then also, I think having the kind of hushed tones of J-Hud singing Memory underneath, it did lend itself to a little creepy, ethereal vibe. So mm -hmm. I definitely saw that. Also, I saw someone note on Twitter that all of the synthesizers that we know so well for cats seem to be replaced by trumpets, which yeah. makes it sound a little um, a, a little different as well. But I'm not above people making fun of the trailer, making cats jokes, um, as long as they're genuine. Like, I, I've got a couple here that I really liked. Peter Sagel, uh, the host of NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, he said, if the cats producers had any guts, they would have given all the female cats six breasts. Okay. <laughs> Um, funny. Um, Daniel Feinberg from, I believe he's from the uh, the Hollywood, he's a television critic from the Hollywood Reporter. He said, 
would that cat's trailer be like food porn for Alf? Um, which you have to be a certain age to understand that because I remember loving Alf when I was in kindergarten and first grade. Um, and he was a, an alien from Melmac who ate cats. Yep. So, um, you know, I, I just, it just felt all of the snark felt artificial and it felt like the musical theater kids saying, I know that hating cats is cool. So I'm going to make fun of it. So people think I'm cool. And I, it, it bugged me. It just bugged me a little bit. I think people are, are still a little bit bitter as well about Tom Hooper's Les Mis, which fair to an extent. I think this is an entirely different level of, as you said, it is the cool thing to hate cats. But, I, you know, again, it's one of those shows that you either really love or you really, really hate. And I think now that it's very much in the public eye and it's going to be this big cultural thing, it's not only cool to hate it, but also on trend to hate it or voice your opinion on it, at least. Um, I liked the Les Mis movie. Yeah, well, I, I played mean, a I played a drinking game with the Les Mis movie the last time I saw it, and I can never see Les Mis again. <laughs> uh, I admit that Russell Crowe was horrendous, but I think actually the Les Mis movie improved the script in a couple ways. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I just you know uh, let us know what you think of of the Cats trailer. If you're Team Ashley or Team Matt, you could hashtag that. And- <laughs> tweet us but um personally send me all of your favorite cats slash starlight express jokes in my friday very happy yeah all right so hopefully (laughs) i've got some things that'll make you happy as well because i have some recommendations here first is the highlights from the off-broadway uh production of the aforementioned broadway bounty hunter um so really funny really goofy and just looks like the perfect amount of weirdness so check those out we also have rehearsal footage from off center's road show ashley do you have tickets are you gonna go see it i assume i bought my ticket today in fact there you go this of course is the steven sondheim john weidman bounce road show was there another name i feel like there's another name wise guys that was incarnation yes yes yes. this of course Nathan Lane, Nathan Lane and Victor Garber doing that to start oh, out. Victor. Victor's my favorite. Um, so this one, of course, stars um, Raul Esparza, Jin Ha, Chuck Cooper, uh, Mary Beth Peel, Brandon Uranowitz. Great cast. We have some highlights from the rehearsal in the show notes. And then finally, a really cool piece from Bloomberg. Yesterday, when I was talking to James Ashley, I talked about the New York Times article that looked at all of the intricate details of the Moulin Rouge score. This piece looks at all of the intricate details of the Moulin Rouge set and how it was able to recreate and improve upon and extrapolate from the visual aesthetic from the film and the DNA that was so inherently there in the film and bring it to the stage. And obviously I know you're seeing it soon. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to see it when I come into town uh, in November, hopefully, but just the pictures are yes. mind bogglingly beautiful. So that, uh, that first photo they have of the full stage and the catwalk oh is so stunning. I think above anything else, and I'm seeing it on the 1st of August. I'm just really excited to be in the theater and yeah. just take all that in. Yeah. It's so good. And like, I know it's probably not a good seat because you've got to turn around and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I I really want to pay an ungodly amount of money to sit in one of the can can seats just because like to be in that seems good. Like they have to like 
lower, like a walkway or a drawbridge right, kind of thing right. for you to get there or something. So I, I really am tempted to drop an obscene amount of money on those tickets. Or if anybody related to the show wants to give them to me, you can contact <laughs> me at Matt or matt at broadwayradio.com. But I, I just feel like I want to be in that. Like Moulin yeah. Rouge was such a seminal piece of movie musical magic that came sure. out in my college years mm-hmm. that I, I I'm kind of obsessed with it and, and really hope for the best for this, uh, for this show and want to experience that, but check all those things out in the show notes. But actually we've got a couple pieces of news that I want to give everybody before we head off into the weekend. And the first one is just coming in. It was tweeted out about 20 minutes before we started recording. And it came from at HP play SF. If you are unfamiliar, that is the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child San Francisco sit-down production starting in the fall of 2019 this year at the San Francisco Current Theater, which we've talked about before. And Harry Potter and the Cursed Child has a booth at San Francisco's Comic-Con, which is going on this weekend. And in this video, they first um, the, the first thing that they're announcing as part of this, they have Nicholas Podany, who is playing Albus Potter in the Broadway production. And in this video, it's just about a minute, 15 seconds, he introduces the actor playing Scorpius Malfoy in the San Francisco production. And his name is John Steger. What's interesting about him, Ashley, is the fact that he is coming directly to San Francisco from the Lyric Theater in New York, where Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is playing, and where John Steger is an usher. I love so he's it. going from being an usher in the show to leading the company or being one of the, the principals in the company on the other side of the country. And uh, so cool. Uh, such a cool thing. And uh, I, I know that the cast is, I think, heading out to San Francisco next week. So I'm sure we're going to have mm-hmm. the full casting announcement coming up either on Friday or Monday. So um, uh, really wonderful. What, what, very, very cool story. They're definitely like yeah. congratulations to go from being an usher to being on the stage. I know. Isn't that I think awesome? this, I think this anyone's dream. Yeah. Yeah, we had that story last year. James and I talked a lot about about the the woman who was thrown into a West End show from being like a front of house person uh, because they ran out of understudies or something. Yeah, it was so cool. yeah. But anyway, okay. Next up, we learned that Andrea Burns has joined Steven Spielberg's upcoming film version of West Side Story in a new role called Fausta. She joins a cast that features tons of stage vets, including EGOT winner and the original film's Anita, Rita Moreno, who is also playing a newly created character, this one named Valentina, who is taking the place of Doc. No word on who Andrea Burns' character will be or how she'll fit into the story, but I would not be surprised if uh, it has something to do with uh, Andrea Burns' character, Fausta, selling her soul to the devil in exchange for Ooh, all earthly knowledge. Yes. That fits in perfectly with West Side Story. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, next up, we learned yesterday that a new musical adaptation of the film, An Officer and a Gentleman, will be launching a North American tour in the fall of 2020, directed by Dick Scanlon, who also adapted the book from a previous version of this movie musical adaptation. The show will feature a score of iconic 1980s pop songs, including the number one hit, up where you belong. We're going to give that a long distance dedication. Um, between this and Pretty Woman, I think it's time that we get an American Gigolo musical to complete the Richard Gear hat trick, Ashley. Or we go a little bit later and go with Primal Fear. That I, I was deciding between American Gigolo and Primal Fear. <laughs> See, I, I got 
We got it covered. I didn't. I didn't want to do Runaway Bride because we already had right. the Julia Roberts one. Yes. Um, I didn't want to go Mister or Doctor T and the Women because I think that was a little too obscure. Mm-hmm. So it was yeah. American Gigolo or Primal Fear. I think Primal Fear would actually be probably a really good one. It would probably also be a really good like nymph friends show. Ooh, uh, yeah. As well, and then like the the vein of Silence, the musical. Ah. Oh. Producers, if you're listening, I, we, we have another show for you to find. We need to be on Retainer. Because I seriously, know. We are the best at this. Theatrical genii. <laughs> um, that's the plural for genius. Yeah, uh, anyway. of course. All right, Ashley, the final story today is the one that I'm most excited to talk to you about. And that is that New York Yankees legend C.C. Sabathia will be making his stage debut with a one-night cameo in Rock of Ages off-Broadway. His appearance will be a part of Yankees Night on July 31st at 8 p.m. to benefit the Carlos Beltran Foundation, and will be followed by a special curtain called Dedication by current and former Yankee players. Ticket to the performance, uh, tickets to the performance start at $109, and VIP packages are also available that include exclusive post-show receptions, with Yankees players and the Rock of Ages cast. So, Ashley, will you be getting the VIP package, the <laughs> VIP plus package, or will you be hiding out at New World Stages backstage to jump and surprise everybody? I hope if someone wants to comp me for a <laughs> VIP or even just, yeah, I can be an usher as well and then also join a following performance of Rock, and a- Rock of Ages. Yeah. You know, uh, my Yankees crud runs long and deep. I can, I can prove that. I can. Uh, I feel <laughs> you like wanna... you need to start pitching some some editors about a special story on this. I know, right? <laughs> I think it's really fun, and CC's always a great sport. Just oh. one of my absolute faves. Maybe if he retire after he retires this year, he can take a role like playing Billy Flynn in Chicago or something. <laughs> I mean, everybody else. Has. Everyone else, yeah. Sure. Former Heisman Trophy winner Eddie George did. So uh, yeah. you know, why not? See, although, there's precedent. Yeah. Although Eddie George actually is a working actor, does a lot of uh, Shakespeare and classical theater in Nashville, too. But that's a little different. But I mean, maybe Cece has this hidden talent and we will find out on the 31st. Yes, we will. All right. <laughs> that's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right. As I told you, we've got a bunch of stuff happening in the podcast feed over the weekend. If you like any of those things, head over to iTunes or Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a rating and a review. We would appreciate it. Yes, please. And uh, tell us how much you love Ashley joining the show. That would oh, be great. She, absolutely. Yeah, she needs to put something uh, on her new blog. Yeah. Uh, so have a great <laughs> weekend, everybody. And enjoy all this stuff in the feed. And Ashley and I will be back to talk to you on Monday. Send me all your cat's hate while you're at it. <laughs> Thank you.